1 Corinthians 14 opens with these words. It says, pursue love. Can we say pursue love? And desire spiritual gifts. Can we say desire spiritual gifts? But especially that you may prophesy. Can we say desire to prophesy? He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. We say mysteries. Doesn't say nonsense, but mysteries. But what is prophesying? Verse 3 says, he who prophesies speaks edification. Can we say edification? Exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Can we say edification? Prophecy is greater than tongues because it impacts more people. The person praying in the spirit is enjoying the presence of God. If you have experienced that experience, it is a blessing. Who can say it's a blessing? You are blessed. And some people may get blessed for you. They're happy you're being blessed, but they're really not blessed. They're not strengthened. Prophecy is greater because we can all understand it. It's in our language. If we were in France, prophecy would be in French. But here we are. We are in America. And so prophecy edifies. The word edify means to build up. We say build up. A building is a edifice. When you build up something, you make it stronger. If we were to build up the charge in these batteries, we would charge them with a charger or hook it up to our generator or have it installed in our car and let the car run for a bit and it would charge the battery. And these batteries are designed to put out 12 volts. And if it's a good battery, it doesn't matter how old the battery is. If it's charged up, it's going to give you a consistent 12 volts. So a battery that is edified or charged up, is able to work. So it is in serving God's kingdom purposes. We need his strength. Amen? We need his help. And there are two things just that we're mentioned there. One is praying. Uh, Praying in the spirit is another word for speaking in tongues. Prayer as the Holy Spirit helps you is powerful. But prophecy is also powerful. So it's powerful to be edified personally, and it's powerful to be edified corporately. You with me? Like the leads on this charger, I would compare this red lead to our personal prayer life. This is called the hot wire. That's why it's red. But you need more than just a personal prayer life. Who knows that's true? You need it. You need the body of Christ. We need one another. We're using symbolism here today. This is called the ground wire. That's why it's black. It's the color of ground. And we need the gifts in the body to ground us. The Bible says the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. So they help ground us. But if all you are is grounded and you don't have a hot wire, you don't have prayer, all you have is prophecy and you never pray, then that prophecy is not going to come to pass. So it's not a matter of a prophet declaring your fate. You know, you can't avoid this. You're just going to go to Africa and be a missionary. No. Take prophecy and couple it with prayer, and God will give you wisdom so you walk in his timing, and he will confirm whether or not that prophecy was true, it was for you, it was that. These two things are powerful components in the Christian life. We need spiritual gifts and we need prayer. And both together make strong Christians. So today, it's my honor and privilege to present a man of God with a prophetic ministry. We call him a prophetic encourager, prophet Tom Stammon. Can we give him our appreciation? Brother Tom, we turn it to you. God is good. And all the time. And the devil's bad. And all the time, and he is bad the bone. Amen? Ken vive. 
No Hispanics. Okay, that's okay. All right. Turn your Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 8. It's good to be here in Texas. It was so cold last week in Minneapolis. A guy robbed a bank, and the police officer said, freeze, and he did. Romans, chapter 8, verse number 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Father God, I pray you teach us about our destiny we have in you. God, you have a plan for us that is unbelievable. It's incredible. It's exciting. I come against the devil to try to steal that plan. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. By the way, before I forget, I'd like to, hopefully you have your videotaping what you just said. I'd like to get that on my, on my website, explaining why some prophecies don't come to pass. Because that was an incredible illustration. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ellen. Encourage you to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes. If you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50-pound purse. If it's a man with a purse, he's not from here. It's probably from San Francisco. Or if you're a telephone person or have an iPad, you can open up that and take some notes. I want to talk about your predestiny. Chapter 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Before you were born, God knew you would be born. He put you in Texas, in this place, in this time, to make an eternal difference in Jesus' name. You are not an accident. Though maybe your parents might have said you're an accident. Maybe uh, possibly your mom was a victim. God foreknew you'd be here today. And the Bible is full of people that their parents didn't have it together. How many here didn't have perfect parents say, "Uh uh-huh? How many here definitely are not perfect parents say, uh-huh, right? And even though in the world's eyes or the family's eyes, maybe you were a mistake in their eyes, not in God's eyes. Before you were born, he knew you'd be here at this time in this place, this dimension, to make an eternal difference. Do you believe that? You have a predestiny. And so it's important to speak that into your children. You have a predestiny in Jesus' name. If you were raised Jewish, you would not be taught, oh, I can't wait till you leave home and get out of the house. You would not be taught, you're going to be a loser. If you were raised Jewish, you would be taught you're a chosen person and that you've been picked by God to be successful. You're going to be a doctor, a physician, an engineer, a lawyer, a business person, a politician, You're going to succeed because you're part of the chosen race. When we gave our life to Jesus, how many here became part of the chosen generation? Say amen. A royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. When I got gave my life to Jesus, I became adopted into the Jewish family. Amen. My name is no longer Tom Stammen. It's Tom Stammenstein. Or on my mother's side, Tom Goldstammen. I became... A Jewish child of God. And God has a destiny. Unfortunately, many people have heard curse words and had curses come against them. You're stupid. You're nothing. You're nobody. You're an embarrassment. I wish you never would have been born. Unbelievable what parents say to their children. Unbelievable. But when you gave your life to Jesus, you became part of the family of God. And you have a new father. The question is, who's your daddy? He's my daddy. Amen. And he picked me and he picked you to make a difference. Amen. When you gave your life to Jesus, God the Father nullified all the curses and the curse words and the negativity that came against you. And he declares from the throne of God, you have a destiny. How many here believe that? Say amen. You ask people, what's your destiny? You look like a bunch of deer in the headlights. What's your purpose? What's your calling? They don't know. And the devil will try to steal your destiny. For he comes to steal, destroy, and to kill. But the Lord Jesus said and declared, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly in Jesus' name. You have an abundant destiny to be a nation shaker and a world changer. How many can say hallelujah? God wanted many people to follow him, but you made the great choice of your life and decided to 
to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? So what I want you to do in your piece of paper, as I'm sharing, and I do talk kind of fast. I am from Minnesota. If you don't talk fast, you freeze to death. We only have two seasons, winter and winter's coming. Would you believe with us to pray for global warming? It's not happening. But we're believing for that. But as I begin to speak today, and the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you, and begin to tell you, here's your destiny. It's important to write the vision and make it plain. And one of the reasons why Christians become mediocre and average at best is because they don't obey principles of success. And the, the Bible talks about how to be successful. Pastor read the scripture in Psalm 1. But Habakkuk 2 gives us a hint on success when it says, write the vision and make it plain. If you can't be disciplined to write your vision, why should God give you a vision? If we can't take the time to do a simple task of writing a vision, why should God give us a bigger vision? So today I want to encourage you to do what only 3% of people do, the successful people. They write the vision and they make it plain in Jesus' name. Write your destiny. Years ago, well, God began to reveal to my wife and I our destiny was pure religion, which is helping orphans and widows. And a long time ago, we wrote down our goals was to feed 100,000 children, bringing them the gospel, but bringing them food and clothing. And this year, we reached the 10 percentile. We're at 10,000 kids a month. We're not satisfied. Thank you for clapping. We're not satisfied because we're believing for the 100,000 in Jesus' name. And we thank God, a company, brand new company starting, and their goal is to provide Glory to God, a half a million meals a month just for Honduras. So in one miracle connection, that goal can be met, and then we'll have to raise it up in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, it works to write your destiny in Jesus' name. Now, as I preach, I stop in the middle and I prophesy over people. I believe that God has a word for every person. How many can say hallelujah? I want to encourage you to be uh, excited, if I call you out, don't have a heart attack. We don't want to raise you from the dead so early in the meeting. Had a guy die in the service once, and we took out 12 church members before he found the right guy. Because the dead in Christ will rise first. No, just kidding. But uh, come on, that was a good one. I need a little encouragement from the wife of the pastor. Amen. I'm not getting it right now, but I believe I will before the service is over. So uh, one person I want to call it right away uh, is this man here in the black shirt. And so once you come up here, and I know it's like, oh, why me? I don't know, but we'll find out. But the minute you walked in, I went, I'm calling out that guy. And I want some men of God to come stand by him. Who would like to do it? Three, four guys. And I want you to face me right here. In Jesus' name. We're going to release the destiny of God in his life. Father God, I thank you that he's here today. I thank you for the wisdom that he has. He's made very responsible choices. He loves people, and he loves his family, and he's dedicated and loyal in Jesus' name because of the right choices. I pray, Father God, you prosper him and you bless him and you put him in avenues of leadership in Jesus' name. You're looking for people to be great leaders in these last days. God, I thank you that he's an overcomer. That though he's been through many, many terrible situations, he's not given up his faith in God. And you've strengthened him and empowered him to be a model father, to be a model man of God. God, even the weaknesses, you are changing them, in God, to strengths. Because when we are weak, we are strong. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Thank you for coming. Amen. Give a hand. In Jesus' name, amen. You have not only a destiny, you have a predestiny in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's keep going. It says this. He also predestined us to be conformed in the likeness of his Son. What is your destiny is to be like Jesus, amen. One of the greatest compliments you could ever get is, you remind me of Jesus. Wow. You are just like Jesus. How many want to be like him in Jesus' name? How many, that is your goal, to walk in his steps, to answer the question, what would Jesus do? When we were in Honduras about a year and a half ago, we were at a gas station, and it's very interesting because you can have 
limousines next to camel, not camels, next to uh, sorry, donkeys and horses and bikes and and extreme poverty, and then there's really wealthy people. And we're at probably the busiest gas station in the city called Comayagua, fifth largest city in Honduras. Cars and trucks in and out, and there is a person laying on the ground, a uh, handicapped person, cars and trucks just barely missing that person. I looked at my wife and said, that person needs help. And she gave me the, the dull look. Duh. Well, go help the person. I went, oh, duh. And I walk up to the person. When I got close, the person's face like been beat up with a baseball bat. A hair, gobs of hair pulled out of the person's head. I couldn't tell if it was a man, woman, child, or adult. Big gray scabs on the elbows and the knees. I'm going like, I don't know what leprosy is, but that could be leprosy. And the Lord said, pick up that person. I said, Lord, I could get the disease. What is that? Most Probably the most hideous looking person I've ever seen in my life. And Jesus said, that could be your daughter. And the person is crying, pick the person up. And I did soaking wet and went, great, full of urine. Oh, and how many here try to be spiritual, but sometimes you're just not? That was one of my just not. And I picked up that person, went out to the side, put the person on the grass, and went, oh, God, I hope I don't die, and did my good deed for the day. Thank you, Jesus. Is that good enough? My wife gave me the look number two. Duh, we got to go to the hospital. Oh. So I picked up the person, put him in the her or him in the back of the, of the van, went to the hospital. When I brought the person in the hospital, all the people working at the hospital went, ugh. I'm telling you, I've never seen a person look like that before. My wife gave the person water, started, started talking. We left, and Jesus said, that was me. That was me. I was hungry. What'd you do? I was thirsty. What'd you do? And many people walk right by opportunities to love people. We know the Good Samaritan story so well we don't know it. So you don't know something until you do it. How many can say amen? You can know all the Bible verses, but if you don't do it, it doesn't bless you. We've got to be doers of the word. And Jesus spoke to me and said, how ironic that you would walk right by the most needy person and do nothing. And how many Christians are there when there's an opportunity to help out a poor person, to help out the needy, to bring a blanket when he gave you blankets, I think the sedan, and have 30 extra blankets and never bring one, or to never help out someone in the neighborhood, or never give an offering to an orphan and do nothing. But I'm telling you what, Jesus has come to change our lives. How many can say amen? Amen? You have a destiny to be that world changer and to make a difference. You have a destiny to be like Jesus. How many can say hallelujah? People might not be able to see Jesus, but they can see you. There's a man in Romania who was being uh, abused and persecuted and tortured for his faith. He wrote a book called Tortured for His Faith back when Romania was communist. And they would take hot poker sticks from the fire and poke him and burn his skin. And he could smell the smoke. And this pastor would never curse or complain. He would just worship God. And there was an atheist in the cell next to him. And the atheist said, how can you, how can you believe in a God that will let that happen to you? How can you believe in a God that would let, him, let you be tortured and you pray and nothing happens? How can you believe in that God? guy wouldn't answer. Finally, one day, the other prisoner, seeing the pastor tortured, finally said, what is your God like anyway? And he looked at that man through the bars of that cell and said, Jesus is like me. And the man said, if Jesus is like you, then I want that Jesus in my life. We are a walking Jesus. And based on the way we walk, we'll determine if people want to follow Jesus. Or they'll say, I want nothing to do with Christianity. Gandhi once said the whole world would be Christian if there weren't Christians. That is a, it's funny, but it's really kind of sad when you think about it. How many know what I mean? Your destiny 
is to be like Jesus in every area. How many can say hallelujah? Okay, time for a prayer. Let's see. Let's pray for the guy in the black shirt sitting like this. We have to slap you in the shoulder. Come on up here real quick. And I was looking for you last night, but you got raptured on me. Come on quickly before the rapture. Stretch forth your hands. We're going to pray for him. A couple guys put a slap a hand on his shoulder in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, in the kingdom there's no retirement. It's just God. You keep working for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Wouldn't it be nice just not to have to do anything? Sorry, wrong religion. Okay. There is work for this man to do, and the work is discipling and training and mentoring and pouring into young Christians in Jesus' name. It's rescuing people when their marriages are failing. It's stopping at the hospital because Pastor Ellen is in Africa ministering. God is visiting those who nobody visits and nobody cares about in Jesus' name. So, God, I pray you rise them up to have the heart of Jesus. Amen. That, God, there'll be nights you'll wake him up and say, get up and pray for so-and-so. And like, i got to get up in the morning. Amen. But you'll give him energy and strength. And, God, he'll be walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And as he does that and the love of God flows, I pray for signs and wonders and miracles to happen. When he prays for people, they actually get healed and strengthened and better in Jesus' name. God, make this man a mighty man of God. Energize him like a young believer, a young Christian God. Let him do the works of the Lord Jesus Christ and more. Because, God, you say, you go to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you. God has a word for every person. Say amen. Amen. He primarily speaks to us through the, through the Bible. But he also speaks to us through our ministers. Amen. He also speaks through your wife. How many can say amen? How many are married to the second Holy Spirit? Pastor Allen, amen. Double amen. Raise a hand, two hands and a foot. That was, he was supposed to do that, but thanks for helping. Amen. Okay. Right? So, next key. says this. Predestined, he conformed to the likeness of his son. Verse number 30. And those he predestined, he also called. And God is calling you now. Will you pick up the phone? Will you answer the text? Okay. Are you responding? See, a lot of people don't want to go to prophetic meetings because they're afraid God might say something. God has a word for you. Oh, no, what did I do wrong? Maybe nothing, and maybe a lot. We'll find out. No. But he has a calling on your life. It is not just pastors who are called. I believe every single Christian has an opportunity to fulfill the calling of God. He's called you. But most people don't want to answer the phone. Most people don't want to respond because they're afraid he might tell me to do something I don't want to do. Can I tell you out of 35 years of being a Christian, if you obey, you're going to be blessed. Even when he asks you to do things you don't want to do. My oldest daughter hates snakes and spiders, which I can understand that. Spiders are from the devil. I don't know what's worse, a spider or a cockroach. Thank God they're only two inches long. They're scary looking. She says, I'm not going to go on a mission trip. There's bugs there. Well, this is Minnesota where we live. We Our state bird is the mosquito. Now, I, I, I minister to people in different religions. I always wondered, what if, you, if you're believing karma and you advance onto higher forms? How do you advance onto a higher form if you're a mosquito? Sting somebody and live or don't sting somebody and die? How do you advance on to maybe a housefly? What's a good housefly? What's a bad housefly? I don't know. It kind of bugs me. <clears throat> but anyways, well, you know why they don't eat cattle in India? Because it might be their Uncle Frank. So we got the word Frankfurter. But anyway, um, it's a tough group this time. I don't know what it is, Pastor. I need to get shocked or something. Okay, but... So my daughter says, I'm not going. God, don't even bother asking me. I'm not going on a missions trip. No way, no way. One day, how many here have ever had God bother you? Raise your hand. How many have ever had him on your case? You can even try to worship him out of it. I love you. Do this. No. I love you. Do it. No. 
you laughing at, Shake and Bake? You know, I think, I just have this feeling Shake and Bake should have his own sauce. That'd be a good fundraiser. Can you make your own sauce? Nice. Shake and Bake sauce. <clears throat> Anyways, but God began to bother her, and she went to Honduras, and she loved it. You know what her ministry was? Painting fingernails on the orphans. And the day she came back after doing that, she's kind of small, and she struggled with anorexia most of her life. They ran after her and piled on her and knocked her over. She loves mission trips now. When they get a little bit more financially free, they're moving to Honduras. And what she said she didn't want to do, she wants to do. I would encourage you to respond to the call, to not say, Lord, I don't want to do your will, but to say, not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes it's not big things he's telling you to do. Sometimes it's a little thing. Years ago, I was witnessing to four kids, four girls and four guys in Lake City, Iowa, population 400 and no lake. It was a double oxymoron town. And long story short, I, one of the girls said, I like your jacket. And it was a Minnesota Vikings jacket. I know it doesn't mean much down here. I said, wow, God bless you. You are anointed. And, um, and, and all of a sudden the Lord said to me, offer to give her your jacket if she comes to church. I went, no. How many have ever been poor? I mean, seriously poor. Silver and gold had you none. I hate to admit it, but at that time in my Christian life, the most valuable thing I owned, literally, financially, was a Minnesota Vikings jacket, leather jacket. It was, it was more valuable than my car. And I argued with God. You know how hard it is to argue for God or with God when you're trying to witness for him? Jesus loves you. Give the coat. No. How many, sometimes I think I'm a schizophrenic and so am I. And, um, and I'm arguing back and forth. Give the coat. No. Father said, fine. If you come to church, I'll give you my coat. Really? Yeah. It was the first time, Pastor Allen, I've ever prayed in my life, somebody wouldn't come to church. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very spiritual. I just kind of hope they don't come. Of the eight people, she's the only one that came. And she got saved. And afterward, I gave her my coat. It was below zero. The heater in my car did not work. I gave her my coat. And she says, well, what, what are you going to wear? I went, oh, it's okay. God will provide. I'm okay with that. Well, let me give you my coat. Do you know what kind of coat she had on? You may want to guess. Worse than pink. Worse than flowers. Okay, be quiet. You got to get it. A, yes, a Green Bay Packer jacket. How would you know that? You what? You what? You live in Minnesota, then you understand. I said, I would rather freeze to death than wear a Packer coat. And I almost fulfilled that prophecy. Oh, Jesus. Right? But you know what? I was so blessed to give her that coat. Because I guarantee every time she puts it on, she's reminded Jesus loves her. Amen. All right. We're going to pray for this man here in the green shirt here going like this. With the big guns. Green, he's got the Packer shirt. Why did I pick that color there? But anyways, come up here. Some people want to come stand by him. Bring your sweetie pie up here. Stand by your man. It could be a song. Keep Pastor Allen up here too. Here we go. Amen. How many here believe that God has a plan for us to prosper in Jesus' name? So God, I'm praying for income streams, $100,000, $150,000 a year. Amen. I'd really like to believe that's after taxes. He's being, that's, so based... Based on the government, he needs to make about $3 million a year. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Forgive me, Lord. That wasn't true. That's whatever. But God, I pray he's diligent and hardworking and focused. And that even people, God, around him will say, man, that man is a hardworking man. He gives it 100%. Whereas everybody else, a lot of people complain about their job, complain about the weather. This man, he rejoices that God is good and God has blessed him. And he's going to be like father of the year in Jesus' name. One of the reasons why he works out is some of his daughters are pretty cute. Um, 
has boyfriends, he can just flex his biceps and scare the sin out of them in Jesus' name. If that doesn't work, pull out your guns. I know you've got like 20 of them. Amen. But I got to pray for him to be a leader, to teach, to speak in the lives of people, even to be prophetic in Jesus' name. Make this couple a Batman and Robin couple. Amen. And he's the Batman. Amen. They're going to work together as a team, almost a perfect relationship in Jesus' name. They're going to pray together, and the fruit of the Spirit will be so abundant, people will be jealous of you and even angry at you because you have the blessed life in Jesus' name. So I pray you anoint to be a mighty giver, one of the best givers in the church, time, energy, finances, and send them to the nations in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Give him a hand. Amen. See you drive a big man pickup truck, make the EPA mad. What EPA stands for? Enemies on America. Figure it out. Okay. I'll tell you, enemies on America is, just, is very deep. Let's keep going in the spirit here. Um, who he called, he justified. Now, the word justified is, can be explained very simply. It's this. Just as if, just as if I'd never sinned. You see, how many here have some flaws? Say, uh-huh. How many have some major flaws? In our home, we have right now two, uh, two, well, one just left, three convicted felons. I was in a church like that, and the pastor said, half my church are convicted felons, and the other half didn't get caught. Okay? And every one of us has done things that we're ashamed about. How many can say, "Uh uh-huh? There's always a lot of confession going on just before you get a prophecy. As, as you should. Amen. But the neat thing is about God, that once he picks you, he qualifies you. And God tends to pick the people nobody pick. He even picked a donkey once. He hallelujah. It's not that funny, but thank you. I appreciate that. We call that the courtesy laugh. See, we do a lot of missions, at least once a month. It's important as a missionary to have a sense of humor. Because when you're around cannibals, they won't eat you because you taste funny. So I believe in the fruit of the Spirit, but I just want to be a mushroom and be a fun guy. Come on. I want a little confirmation there. Okay, a little, I'm rolling, rolling on the river. Okay, all right. And so the... Don't shake your head, sir, with the glasses on top of your head just because you think you're cool. God picked you and qualified you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And the world, the, some church people say, you've been disqualified. And God says, no, you've been justified. He had one of those days. How many have ever had one of those days? I uh, found out we got embezzled about 60000 That was a bad thing that happened to us. God's helping us recover that. Praise you, Jesus. Three days later, we found out somebody breaks into our store. And we have cameras. And somebody went in, broke the store, like, went like this. Covered their mouth, but not their face. And it was somebody that used to live with us. And we had already called the place. And his mom and dad are some of our best sponsors. <laughs> so you don't want to put in jail the son of a person that's sponsoring your orphans. <laughs> it was too late. We already called the police. And he's crying on the phone because he's a convicted felon. And he felt bad about it, and his mom paid back all the money, and et cetera, et cetera. And we forgave him. I said, but, you know, you broke the law, and um, you need a lawyer. Dead silence. He says, I, I don't have any money for a lawyer. I said, you know, I know someone who just became a lawyer. He just passed the bar exam. He'll help you for free. That was my son, Philip. So can you imagine going to court? You're the judge. The plaintiff, Tom and Teresa Stammon, broke into the store by so-and-so, represented by the son of Tom and Teresa Stammon. Now, either that would mean he really hates us, we are very bad parents, or there's a lot of grace. How many can say amen? Now, he never had to take advantage of that. He was forgiven. We let it go. And, you know, just after New Year's, God told me to call him up and say, Mark, it's time to come back home. And he's moved back in, and now he's 
back in helping us again. You know, it's about forgiveness. How many can say amen? Yeah, it's true. We have to keep an eye on them. We have cameras, okay, just in case you ever backslides. We understand that. But you know what? God justifies us. Another day he was traveling with me, and he was dead silence in the car. I said, what are you thinking? He says, I can't believe after all I've done to you to have you come back in your home. I just don't deserve it. And he got done saying that, and I want to tell you, I looked at my own life and said, I can't believe, God, you used me after all that I've done to you. And you picked me. And he picked you. How many can say amen? Don't let the spirit of condemnation stop you from your destiny. Amen. The devil brings up your past because you can't change it. But as Carmen once said, when he brings up your past, you bring up his future. How many can say glory to God? I want to pray for someone right now that I believe has a huge heart. And is, what's your first name right here? Kelly. I want Kelly to come up here. I'd like about five, seven, maybe eight ladies to help me pray for her. That lady from Minnesota, of course, prophetess, all the teenagers. Come quickly before the rapture. And as I was preaching and looking in that direction, God said, I picked somebody in that youth group. And, and many of them could say, yes, that'd be me too. There's more than one person that can respond to this. To love my babies and to love my children. And she loves kids. It must be difficult to choose. Should I come to church and hang out with the teenagers or go love the kids in the nursery? And so, God, we thank you for the heart that she has to teach, to work with kids, to be compassionate, but to be protective. Amen. I see a day coming. You're going to learn a little bit of protection to protect others. God, it might be learning how to shoot a gun. It might be martial arts. Maybe just giving the woman look. I don't know. But she is protective in Jesus' name. She has a heart to rescue kids that have been abused and beat up and hurt and bullied and laughed at and mocked. She understands compassion. She gets an A-plus in compassion. And I pray, God, for that heart to reach out to more kids. Let her be a kid's pastor in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that good? Amen. Give her a hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know her sister, Yvette, don't you? I kind of see it kind of like, almost like spiritually adopting her. She's one year. Well, there you go. Give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Those he justified, he also glorified. You know, some people get offended when the worship team does a good job and they clap. Or the pastor preaches a good sermon and they clap. God's got a good self-esteem. He's okay with that. Amen. Brothers Shake and the worship team did a fantastic job. Brother Allen's illustration was extremely anointed and timely. It's okay to give people thanks. Well, I give God thanks. Well, yeah, good. You need to. But are we not made in his image? Are we not co-laborers with him? And a lot of people get so spiritual they get silly is probably the best word I can think of right now. Almost foolish. Well, I don't want to be grateful to them because then they'll take the credit. Most of us are mature enough to know who really gets the credit. And can I encourage you? If somebody gives you a compliment, we know it's because of God. You don't have to tell us. Well, it's all God. Well, I know it is, but you chose to help. No, I didn't. Well, you must have. You did choose to obey. It's okay to receive some thank you. It's okay to receive a compliment. When somebody says something positive about you, don't shoot it down. You might not get another compliment for a few years. Because why should you? You don't take it anyway. Well, while we're on this, I want every man to look at your bride and go, woo-woo! I mean, I want you to look her right in the eyes. Girls, look at your husband. The guys go, woo-woo! I can't believe you married a guy like me. Man, I married upward when I married you. I don't see a whole lot of guys saying that. Amen. How many here can't believe you married somebody so good looking? Say amen. How many are glad that women must be part blind to marry a man like you and me? If I'm not careful, I'm going to be on both sides of the family tree. Back to the point here. 
it's okay to be grateful to people. God lifts up people. He said to Abraham, I'm going to glorify your name. God loves to share his love. Amen. We need encouragement. That's the purpose of prophecy as pastor shared. So many people, well, I don't want to go be around a prophet. No, you, you need to because the purpose of prophecy is edification, strengthening, and comfort. Yet most churches don't want that in the church. I, I don't know why. It's not to tell you the things you do wrong. How many already know what you do wrong? If you don't know, get married. Second Holy Spirit can help you out a lot there. Right? Exactly. He loves to build up people. My wife said to me one day, she said, I love your muscles. I like your leg muscles. Will you go downstairs and get me some water? She's a sneaky one. Of course, I did it because I like compliments. Amen. All right, here. Let's pick somebody here in the middle. How about you? Two in the gum. You swallowed it. Okay, I want some people come stand by him. And who's the blondie next to you? Stand by your man. I don't want to. Face me. Amen. Stretch forth your hands. I just want to share this as a word from the Lord. He is thrilled that you are here. And, and you might not know this guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen you before. But he is a lot of fun to hang out with. I just hope you don't tease your wife. Wife, oh, in the future. Okay, forgive me. So, God, I just pray for this man to be mighty in God, to be a man who walks in integrity. God, he's very creative. And I pray for your fire to be upon him in Jesus' name. I pray you strengthen him to be mighty in the kingdom. God, I pray for him to have his own business, Father. God, to be a worshiper in Jesus' name. You know, I believe you could play an instrument in Jesus' name. I know he can work with his hands. He can work hard. And I pray, God, that you will raise him up in the last days. Sorry. So I pray in Jesus' name that you lift him up to the glory of God. That God, he'd be a man of honor and integrity and honesty. That people say, hire that man because he's a man of integrity and godliness in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that good? Amen. Give him a hand. One more word. Pastor Allen, come on over here. I want you to put a hand on And Brother Greg, God, we release him to do the work of an evangelist. We release him to bring many people to church in Jesus' name. God, to go to the highways and byways, to invite the bikers and the alcoholics and the addicts and the people, God, that just, God, they're not, they don't fit into the church. But, God, he's going to bring them in, and lives are going to be saved and changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give him a hand. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Amen. How many here are excited about Jesus? Say amen. How many here love church? Say amen. So we're talking about glorifying. Can we just take a minute, everybody stand up and give pastors, Alan and Yvette, a hand for being doing such a great, wonderful, credible job in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen and amen. Okay. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. Have you taken the pastors out to eat before? You should. I believe this. Ready? Write this down. He who blesses the pastor blesses the master. But whatever you do to a prophet or a man of God, because he's a man of God, you receive the reward. How many can say amen? Amen. Let's keep going here. It says this. Those he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say then in response to this? If God be for us, I want to tell you something. When you start walking in the anointing, <clears throat> And the calling of God, people will come against you. You will be hated. People will challenge your integrity. People will criticize you. Isn't that exciting? The bigger your ministry, the bigger the calling, the greater your influence, the greater the attacks. New level, new devil. It's just the way it is. You want to make a difference and watch the demonic host come against you in your weak areas. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be popular. Never quite made it. Then I got saved and really didn't make it. 
but I found this out. All I want to hear someday is, well done, good and faithful servant. I just want to be popular with him. Amen. Sometimes I'll prophesy over people. I believe it's a positive. I try to make it as positive, as good, and exciting, and anointed as God allows me to do. And some people hate you. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> is that an experience laugh? You ever Google your name? It's amazing what you can find. People come against you. They don't understand things. But you know what? If God be for me, who can be against me? Um, we've, we've had death threats. The first prophecy I ever got was I'd be martyred. I was 17. The lady said, a prophet has never met a prophetess before. You're going to be martyred. I went, what? What's a martyr? I'm Catholic. We don't have martyrs. We have beer and bratwurst on weekends. I mean, and bingo. I mean, martyred? Okay. Whatever that is. Is that good? <laughs> Slow learner. <laughs> right. So we went to Colombia on my first mission trip because a lady had a vision. She said, I see in Colombia. I was saved but not sanctified. And that was back in the 70s. And I got excited. Ooh, Columbia. Ooh. I wasn't that good a Christian. Okay, I was just only saved for, two, for about a month. I wasn't quite holy yet. Okay. And so I went down to Colombia. And, and long story short, we're in the jungle. Um, we're back in a pickup truck with a topper on it. And the missionary says, hold on, hold on. And these three guys in the front are arguing and screaming at each other. And the missionary says, hold on. You better start praying. They want to kill us. Mary, Mary, whatever. I mean, I've been saved for two weeks. Okay, I didn't know how to pray much. But thank God I had my machete. This is before Johnny Ramble. I was going to be Tommy Ramble. Uh-huh. So I kind of hit it. I'm going to get ahead in life. Get ahead in life? Like David got ahead, you know, Saul's head? Not Saul's head, but uh, uh, Goliath's head. Thank you very much. So I'll take one with me. Thank you, Jesus. He said, hold on. Oh. Oh, prayers work. They don't want to kill us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still alive today. But you know what? People will come against you. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Who can be against you? God is on our side. How many can say amen? Amen? How many here have ever been picked on, but you had a friend that was big? Very big. I have two very big friends that live in our house. That's why we have convicted felons in our house. We're not afraid. And their names are Smith and Wesson. Very big angels. Amen. How many here have friends, Smith and Wesson, too? This is Texas. Some of you are probably carrying right now, but thank you, Jesus. We feel protected. Amen. Amen. I don't need to know who you are, but I can find out if you want me. Amen. Um, I think the guy in the back is a visitor. Would that be you? Come on up here, buddy. I want some guys come stand by him, but the guy that laughed back there, I remember you. Help me pray for him. You can have come here and. Got a jean shirt, come up here and help. Just with your hands. I am so excited, Brother Allen and Sister Yvette, that he came to visit your church. This man's a working man. He knows how to push some dirt around in Jesus' name. He can ride a big tractor, amen. He can, God, work hard with a bulldozer and a bobcat, amen. God, we thank you, God, this man is worth harder than teeth. Teenagers work hard, but works harder than young people in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for the, the business mind and the entrepreneur mind that he has. And God, he's a rugged man, but the glory goes to God. And yet, besides all the manly characteristics he has, he has a heart of compassion. His heart breaks for hurting people, for starving people. I believe, God, you're giving him not just a rancher's skills, but a shepherd's heart in Jesus' name. And there's a difference between being a rancher and a shepherd. And, God, we thank you that you softened his heart to love people. I know, God, he's went through broken heart experiences, but he's getting healed and strengthened and better. And, God, you want to use him mightily. For you came here not by accident, but God divinely directed your steps to be here for such a time as this, to make an eternal difference, to surrender it all, God, to be used of you in the kingdom, to speak your word, but most of all, do your deeds in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. He's reversing evil and turning it to good in Jesus' name. Amen. For the worst is over and the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. And we're glad that you're here. Give this man a hand. Amen. And I can see you sharing your testimony sto story, sir. And the guy behind you, by the way, the devil's tried to kill you. 
The devil's tried to take you out. And I want some people to come stand by him. We're going to pray for God's healing and strengthening power to be upon this man. Come on here, buddy. You got cool hair. Stretch forth your hands. We're going to pray for him. Father God, I pray that you strengthen this man in Jesus' name. For the Bible says, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And God, it's like this man has overcome death. God, and you're rebuilding him and you're re-strengthening him. Thank God for doctors, but sometimes they make mistakes. But God, this man is going forward to pray for people, to encourage people, to love people in Jesus' name. I pray for all the weapons of the warfare that have come against him, that you give him greater weapons of faith and love and hope in Jesus' name. Give him anointing to set people free, to help them overcome their weaknesses. For God, you are strong in him. He's a miracle man, and all the glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm glad you made it, buddy. Amen and amen. Okay, two more little points. We'll have to wrap it up here. I'm having too much fun. That's what's depressing about coming here. Do you know why? Because it's going to be over in just a short time. You hear about the Palestinian that married the Norwegian? He named his son Yasser Yabetcha. That was a sad story. Next key. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? Isn't that interesting? I want to tell you something about the God I serve and the God you serve. Our God is not a cheap God. How many can say amen? The devil will try to tell you, if you give, you'll have less. And God says, if you plant, you will reap. It's very interesting. Can you imagine being a grain farmer and hoarding your seed? Oh, how's it going, man? I have 8,000 tons of seed. Been there for eight years. Glory to God. Eventually, your seed's going to go dry. You can't outgive the giver. When you start fulfilling your destiny, he will give you what you need. Amen. But what do you need? We have not because we... You've got to ask God what you need. He wants to give us gifts. First of all, he gives us the gift of eternal life. Secondly, he gives us the gifts of the Spirit. But he also gives us other gifts, talents, skills, finances, relationships, connections in Jesus' name. What do you need? We believe, as we shared last night, that agriculture changes culture. We believe that if you don't have agriculture, you haven't got nothing. People will starve. And so we've been praying for our, our different places across the world that God would provide a tractor for us. And for me, if I pray for something, I don't know, I just learned to pray for the best. So I'm believing God for a John Deere tractor. If it, if it isn't red, it's not going to be in my shed. If it ain't green, it's not a machine. That's what I believe. I might be wrong. And so I'm praying for a John Deere tractor for three years because I needed to farm. I'm praying and believing God. I met a guy with 26 patents, senior engineer, John Deere, Quad Cities in Iowa. I said, Brother Jay, I believe God's called you to go on a mission trip with me in two days. He said, what? When are you going? Two days. Well, that's not a whole lot of time to think about. I said, I know. That way you can't change your mind. Okay. He comes. Eight months later, we got ourselves a John Deere tractor. Thank you, Jesus. It took three years to get that tractor. He gives us the gifts that we need. He doesn't say, go change the world and good luck. When it's worth it. Oh, you don't have any money? Well, <laughs> well, okay, walk. No, he gives you the gifts that you need. How many here weren't the brightest star in the sky? Raise your hand going up. How many weren't the sharpest knife in the drawer? So I pray that God send me really intelligent people to help. My son graduated from law school. He graduated cum laude. When I graduated from Bible school, it was old laude. He made it. <laughs> nah, it's not true. But anyways, it sounds funny though. point is this. You, you need to ask him what you need for your calling. So, ladies know how to do this. Take out your shopping list right now. 
Take out your pen and paper. As we get ready to wrap up one more point, what do you need? He's got everything you need in Jesus' name. See, what God showed me, and I hope you're okay with this, that he's laying a mantle of apostolic anointing in Pastor Alan. That I believe there's going to be one day a week down the road that he just ministers to ministers. That pastors are going to come in from the corners of the globe to come and get ministered to and loved on and cared for. There's going to be people here going to open up your home and take a map of the world, start putting your pins of people across the world and across the United States and across Texas to come and get healed and strengthened and built up in this church. How many can say amen? That God has given him gifts to be able to do that and have a wife that can prophesy and lay hands on people and encourage them and exhort them and pull out and crush the, the weaknesses that people have. What a dynamic team in Jesus' name. And every one of you gets a chance to participate in the blessing of the church that changes the globe. How many can say hallelujah? It's exciting. And God is going to give you the gifts you need. But I'm telling you this. We have not because we, we ask not. I begin to believe God. Send me millionaires, Lord Jesus, to build the orphanages, to build the feeding centers, to buy the food, to buy the clothes to dig the water wells. Send me average people who just have a heart to give. And we thank God for the people in this church that came on our mission trip. And if you came on our mission trip back in July, would you please stand? I see some of you already. Stand up. You came on the mission trip to our, to our group. Stand up. Can we give these people a hand in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. This lady here outworked probably every guy. Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. Kind of, gosh, I don't want to work next to her. She made me look bad. Amen. This is great. Some of the toughest men I know are women. Okay. One more point, and we're going to wrap it up here. What is Jesus doing? He's sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us. You have a calling, a destiny. You're going to need some prayer. And the best prayer warrior that's ever been on this planet, his name is Jesus. He has a direct connect to the Godhead. Okay. He says, I go to the Father. And he's crying and praying, interceding for you and me to succeed in the call of God. Amen. You're not orphans trying to fulfill your destiny. You've got a family in heaven backing you up. How many can say hallelujah? What do you need? He can go and ask for you, and it shall be done in Jesus' name. I'm encouraging you to begin to write out your destiny. When you go home this afternoon, since the Dallas Cowboys aren't playing uh, in, in, in anymore for a year, uh, or in September, like, just like the Vikings, you take the time to sit down with your spouse, to sit down with your children, perhaps even your grandchildren, and begin to discuss and pray over the destiny that they have in Jesus' name. That you invite Jesus to come in that room and say, Jesus, be praying for us to achieve the calling that you have for us in Jesus' name. Do you realize what can happen when people realize their destiny? Can you sense the force of God being released now when people realize I do have a destiny. I can get the gifts I need. I get everything I need. I got Jesus praying for me. And if he's praying for me, I shall not fail. How many can say thank you, Jesus? Amen? And amen. Okay. Pray for one more person. I'm going to show you a video. Does that pick any lady in the church you want? No pressure. Suja. Okay. India? Come on, Suja. I'm going to pray for her, too. She's got Viking colors. Thank you. Okay, I want some ladies to come stand by Suja, some of you young people. Let's pray for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As she comes forward, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she picked me. 
I don't, why would she pick me? Am I really qualified? Absolutely. If you get to know this woman, the love of Jesus flows through her. And she is raising up godly children with high expectations. Many of your kids could be get their doctorates in Jesus' name. She's not going to let them waste their years dating losers. How many can say amen? She has the how old are you? She has the right to veto any guy you like, which is probably all of them for now. So I pray for mom to teach, to speak into people's lives, to prophesy. I pray for Sister Yvette to start a school of the prophets training right here for this woman to be trained in Jesus' name. To not think for a moment, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. It's a man's job. No, there's a lot of women in the Bible who prophesied. Philip's four daughters, for example. And God, I pray you anoint her to, to, to be prophetic, to speak life into people in Jesus' name, and even to call people that are dying to come to life again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Give her a hand. Amen. All right. Okay, a couple more ladies. Jump up and help me pray, and you can help me pray. And Joseph, mini color shirt. And here we go. She's a little hyper. Absolutely. You don't have to guess her opinion because she will share with you. and She will speak the truth in Jesus' name. And I like the fact that she's a good leader and a little bit on the bossy side. Amen. <laughs> Get it done now. Don't be lazy. Amen. You scare some guys. This is a good thing. Amen. So let her sing with all her heart and to bring in the presence of God. Could you not see her, Sister Yvette, someday preaching and teaching with authority? Absolutely. You ought to think about learning how to do hair, too. That'd be kind of fun. Make people feel beautiful about themselves. So God, I'm glad that she's here. She's got a gift of discernment. And she wants the kingdom of God to expand and multiply and grow. Thank you for the authority she's growing in and the confidence that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that she'll have children that'll be people that would change this world to the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Give her a hand. Amen. I want everybody to bow your heads and shut your eyes. Bow your heads and shut your eyes. Just want to ask you a question. Do you want to say something? Okay. Uh, open your eyes and smile. Yes. That's okay. You're the queen. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. Who? Zach. Come on, Zach. This isn't the price is right. Hurry up. Get up here. <laughs> That's great. Well, we need the pastor to come up here and Brother Greg to come up here and put hands on him and stretch forth your hands in Jesus' name. This is a this is a holy moment in Jesus' name. You're right for picking him because the mantle of God is upon him in Jesus' name. See, I believe that one day these men of God will lay hands on you and release you into the call of God to preach and teach and to walk that moral path, the highway of holiness in Jesus' name. That God is going to walk in godly character. That the times would be the teacher's pet and be hated by teachers that hate God. But God, he's not going to compromise in Jesus' name. I pray a day coming they'll call you the preacher. Amen. That you help them learn another language to go and preach the gospel. I'm praying for an opportunity to preach to people that have never heard the name of Jesus. Ever. Perhaps it'd be in India, amen, to go to a tribe that's never heard about Jesus. He's not going to walk in shame, but in courage and power and anointing and be filled with the Holy Ghost as a young man to go forward, Lord Jesus. And God, that young people will follow him because they see a man who's strong and got character. It doesn't matter about the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight of the dog in Jesus' name. And God's got an anointing of Napoleon. He may not have been the tallest man around, but he had great authority and people feared him bad way, but they're going to fear you in a good way in Jesus' name, because he walks with the anointing of God. He has the staff of God with authority in Jesus' name to call people to come back to the gospel, to come back to Jesus and come back to church in Jesus' name. Amen. You are called in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to say something? Uh, thank you all for the blessings. I really appreciate it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That was a good choice. Give him a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. And I really pray we will see that prophecy fulfilled. How many can say amen?
All right, bow your heads and shut your eyes. Video guy, get ready. I want to ask you a question. If you died today, where would you go? God doesn't want anybody here to go to hell. That's what Pastor Allen was saying before I came up here very prophetically. He does not want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to give their life to Jesus. The devil deceives and lies, and he wants to take you to hell. But God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And you can give your life to Jesus right now by raising your hand on the count of three. Maybe you walked away from Jesus. Raise your hand and give your life to Jesus. Amen. This is an eternal decision. It's a matter of life and death for you. What does it profit a man if you gain the world and lose your soul? Give your heart to Jesus. Amen. Every Christian is praying that you raise your hand and take courage and give your life to Jesus. Do you need to do that? I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Let me count the hands. Keep them up there. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Keep them up there. Eight hands. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Wonderful people. Put your hand down on your heart. Everybody put your hand up on your heart. Everybody have a hand on a heart. Everybody pray this prayer together. Can we do that? Say, Jesus. Come on, say his name, Jesus. Save me. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus, the Savior of the world. Jesus is Lord. He died for me and rose from the dead. And he's coming back. And I want to serve Jesus every day for the rest of my life. Give Jesus a hand. Amen for those people. 19 awesome people.